Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a podcast from Bright City Church. For more information, visit our website, www.brightcitychurchuk.com or find us on social media at Bright City Church UK. Hello everyone, good evening and welcome to Word Up. Uh, It's great to be with you this evening and uh, thank you for saying hello, hello Anne and Matt, good to have you with us and uh, anyone else that's either listening live or watching the um, the recording. And uh, special welcome to Pastor Akin who's joining us um, this evening. Uh, without Ben aren't we tonight, Pastor Akin? <laughs> yes, no, we're, we're missing Ben we're uh, missing this evening. Ben. We're gonna miss him. <laughs> uh, he's having to work. So um, have a blessed uh, night shift tonight, Ben. And um, we're picking up on Revelation chapter 4, we've, we've got to, and we are kind of in this vision of heaven in chapter 4, and um, we, we saw how John was um, called, a voice called to John said, come up here and uh, I will show you what must soon take place after this, and, and it says that once he was in the spirit, and he saw someone sitting on the throne, had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian and a rainbow around him. And um, we, we made the point that, uh, well, we, we'd mentioned that also, you know, was this um, kind of a picture of the rapture, you know, come up here <laughs> into heaven. But to be honest, I think that's reading reading something into it from a certain standpoint you know if we just take this as it's as it is as it's read here in the scriptures you know he's taken up in the spirit to see um something that god was showing him we've got this amazing picture on the throne the colors jasper and carnelian according to the the jewish tradition jasper was the color of the first tribe of Benjamin, or, or the youngest rather, Carnelian, the colour assigned to the eldest in the, the tribe, Reuben. And then um, emerald, the green rainbow, emerald is the colour assigned to Judah. Um, and we think of the lion of the tribe of Judah. So yeah, surround, we saw that surrounding the throne, the 24 elders and dressed in, in white with crowns on their um, on their heads we talked about you know the the garments of salvation the garments uh, the white garments there the crowns of salvation as well the that's um, something that's referred to throughout scripture so is this a picture of the the saints of um, you know of those who will rule and reign um, with the Lord one day we're, we're seated in heavenly places as well. Uh, there was the the flashing of, of lightning, sounds of thunder. We've got this amazing picture in heaven. And then we come to these four living creatures. This is where we're going to pick up on it again. We did look at this, uh, but I'm going to just pick up on the four living creatures from verse six. Also before the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass. And in the center around the throne were four living creatures and they were covered with eyes in front and in the back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under his wings. 
Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honour and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy our Lord and God to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being. Yeah, this is an incredible picture of worship. Pastor Akin, do you, do you want to say anything about this uh, picture of yes. worship uh, that we, we're seeing here or anything about anything so far? Yes, it's, it's, it's quite a, a amazing. I mean, um, one, of, one of the things that we, like you said, we have looked at is if it's possible to uh, pinpoint what's, um, if you like, the timeline of the history of the church, that, you know, this, um, if you like, John is receiving this vision mm. and um, you know as, as you've pointed out so, some commentators and uh, have have said that oh it, yes it is to do with the rapture and um, I think we're gonna we're gonna maybe mention this about whether it, it's to do with the rapture and, and the church being uh, as it were um, taken out uh, before the uh, removed as it were from the earth before mm. You know God's judgment and God's wrath is being poured out, and before the times of you like difficulties and tribulations and all those sort of things, mm. and um, you know that's some. Uh, like, I mean, we, we we looked at the the if you like the two viewpoints on that, and uh, but there were uh, I, I, I remember one of the commentators that I, I, I was reading was saying that um, you know it's even at that time some people felt that John's revelation was talking about even the time that he was living in, this was all to do with, you know, the, the church being persecuted by the Roman Empire and mm -hmm. uh, the law coming to restore the church and things like that. And uh, they seemed very much in um, the context of what he was being shown were things which, which were to come uh, yes. at the end of the age and not yeah. things that were going to happen during, uh, if, if you like, what was during a period of human history where the church would then uh, be after that so it was it was so that what they were saying was that they were believing that what the things that god was showing john now were things that were going to happen in, in the end times as it were yes. so these were not things that were going to happen um in in the context of you know the roman empire the second world war any, exactly yeah. or anything like that yeah. and um you know they, they were encouraging you know believers to, to look at it in that light that this is the things that which were to come and i think some of the things that we were looking at in chapter five i think they will be supportive of that that yes. uh, we're not talking about a period of, of, of history that's already been and um so we, we're coming to this point now where we're looking at these uh they're called living creatures you know, one, one aspect of the living creatures that, uh, you know, what the comments that I was reading is talking about the creatures being full of eyes. I think if we try to, you know, to visualize that in, the, in the, those creatures will, will be quite frightening, you know, to find that they've got eyes, you know, all over their body. Because <laughs> we're, we're just used to having, you know, the two eyes at the front of our heads. And so to think of a, of a creature that and it's, it is, they are described as living creatures here. Mm. So um, that had eyes all over them. One of the commenters that I was reading picked up on this and he was just saying that, um, you know, eye eyes were representative of, of knowledge and wisdom. And the yeah. fact that they had these eyes all over them was mm -hmm. the fact that they were aware of everything that was going on in their sphere of influence. So they knew everything. They understood all things and they, yes. and they had wisdom of all things. Mm -hmm. And he was saying that this, this was one of the reasons why they worshipped God, because um, 
it was looking at it in the context of us as human beings that we only we have a limited understanding and wisdom in comparison to these living creatures and that sometimes when we're going through difficult times or we're going through trying times we don't we don't see the the need or we don't feel um as it were prompted or encouraged to worship god because we feel like oh we're going through difficult times so we don't worship god we were seeing that these living creatures they, they and this like i said this is something that i've just picked up on that these living creatures they have a a much fuller understanding and a fuller wisdom and so they worship that's why i think we're going to see what they said they, they worship the lord you know all the time they're always worshiping god so whatever situation whatever phase of history we are whatever the church is going through they're always worshiping god just because of this um, greater wisdom and knowledge and understanding that they have from that heavenly perspective that they're in, and that I, I read that and I was I was quite uh, taken aback by that. Just looking at that, thinking to myself, well, maybe that one of the reasons why, like like I said, we, with us we look at things good and bad. So when things are good, we want to worship God. When we don't see them as good, then we're not so worshiping of God. Whereas these living creatures, they worship God day and night all of the time because of that understanding that they had. Yeah, that day and night, um, they never stop. They never stop worshipping, never stop. It, it kind of, um, like you say, this picture of what's happening in heaven. And um, it, it's reminding us of the purpose of all of creation is to glorify God. Our purpose is to glorify him. And um, interestingly, it, it reminded me of the the, what they call the Westminster Catechism. I think from from way back in, you know, the 1700s or so, and or, or even earlier than that, maybe, but where they, they kind of search the scriptures to really identify what was the purpose of man on the earth or the purpose of man in eternity. And they came up with, after all this kind of research of the, the top theologians, you know, it is to glorify God and enjoy him forever that is the purpose of man yeah. and and the purpose of of all creation you know we we think of you know it says the trees of the field will clap their hands the trees the fields you know the sun moon and stars worship the lord everything is to give glory to god and 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 we see here the the kind of heavenly picture of that don't we and and so you know, how much more our purpose to glorify God with our lives. And interestingly, we as his creation, uh, as, as humans, uh, we mm. have the choice in a sense. You, you know, you've got the animal creatures and, and the rest of creation. They, they do worship God in, in what they do and they, they will kind of thing. Um, all of, of, of creation, it says creation groans and waits to be re released. In, it says that in Romans to its fullness in, in worship, if you like. And yet you and I and everyone who's listening, men, women on the earth, you know, we have the choice. Will we worship God, uh, glorify him with our lives or won't we? And and to be honest, our Will we glorify him or, or won't we? Will we worship him? Will we, will we surrender to him, worship him, give him the honour that he's due? You are worthy, oh Lord, to receive glory, honour and power. You created all things by things. You were created, you know, and, and on this question, will we or won't we, is mm. our eternity, our eternal destiny. destiny. Those who refuse to honor and glorify God. Ultimately, you know, there will be a, an eternal separation from God, from the ones who, you know, will refuse to worship the one who is worthy of all worship, honor and glory. Um, 
Wow. Just something, yeah, that uh, that that uh, even a commentator I was I was listening to, kind of alluded to, but it's uh, it's so true. Mm-hmm. Now another interesting thing I wanted to um, bring up about these four living creatures, you know, these they're 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 some form of angelic beings. Yeah, so these these living creatures, I I'd mentioned as well last time earlier on we had the colours representing the the tribal um, standards there of, of the different tribes. Now, the, the Talmud and the, 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 the sort of traditional rabbinical teaching about these, about the, the tribes, we know from the book of Numbers that the, the tribes camped around the tabernacle. So they were camped around, they were stationed, they were assigned places to camp. And there were three tribes on each side of the tabernacle. This was the order that God had them. And of each of the three that encamped, the, so the 12 tribes around the, the, the place, the holiest of holy, around the tabernacle, there, were, there, were, there was a dominant tribe, a leading tribe on each side of the tabernacle. Um, there was the tribe of Judah on one side, tribe of Ephraim was the leader of three on another, tribe of Dan was the leader of of the three on on the the third side and on the fourth Reuben was the lead tribe and the the Talmud and and traditional rabbinical teaching this is just a very interesting point because it says in the scripture that each of them had a standard a banner on those dominant sides the lead tribes had they all had banners but the lead tribes dominated with their own banners and the Talmud teaching says that Judah had the the emblem of a lion on its banner. Ephraim had a bull or an ox on its banner. Dan Dan had an eagle, and Reuben had the the appearance of a man on the on his their banner. So you got the lion, the bull, the eagle, and the man. And if we look at these four living creatures, uh, we see those those um those emblems those creatures so seemingly you know representing the again there's an allusion isn't there to the the tribes to the the promised people to the the priesthood to those who are worshiping the lord um just thought it's very interesting yes absolutely every, every part of this we think of the colours uh, assigned to the tribes. We think of the the emblems here as well and the standards, and and that's the Talmud. That's the Jewish te- teaching. These pictures here are coming from the New Testament only. You know, this is where we see that. Even though, the, if I can also say, this um, picture that John is describing is also a very clear allusion to what's mentioned in Isaiah. Uh, you know, when the vision that Isaiah saw in the year that King Uzziah died, which this is chapter six, it says, um, I saw the Lord. This is Isaiah seated on the throne, high and exalted. The train of his robe filled the temple. So he's getting this heavenly vision. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings, with two wings. They covered their faces, two they covered their feet and with two they were flying and were calling to one another. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his gl- glory. 
again, we see the um, an allusion to this kind of heavenly picture here. So, yeah, yes, yes. amazing picture of glory and worship, that. isn't it? Absolutely. Yes, Marcel. And, it, and, I, and I think this, again, it, it just, um, you know, when we look at the, the consistency of the word of God, you know, when, when God comes and, and he meets Abraham, you know, he takes him away from his family and then he says to him, you know, I will bless you and in you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And yes. when we even we cut that's in the in, in the book of Genesis and we come to the book of Revelation and we can still see that connection. You know, God, Abraham, the, you know, the 12 tribes of Judah and they're being represented here. And again, it's all it's 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 consistent with, um, you know, with, with God is consistent from Genesis all the way through to Revelation. And I guess that's one of the ways like what we've, we've mentioned before, we can't take things out of that. Uh, you, like you like you talk Very about good. this some people yes. who hold on to this view of you know the church as we now replaced israel and it's like well if, if that's the case then they wouldn't be they, we wouldn't have all of these representations here in, in the in the final book of the bible so, so it, again yes. it's just for Very you know good. god to help us to see that consistency of, yes. of god you know yes. there isn't no there are no them there might be seemingly inconsistent but when you actually look at it there are the consistency is there Absolutely. from the beginning from genesis yes. all yes. the way through to revelation and we're, we're actually seeing it here again I mean, I, I would almost say, don't get me going on this, but um, it's so true because, you know, God has, if you think of right through the, you know, the promises of God, we, we stand, don't we, on, on his promises. The promise keeper who is eternally faithful, ever was, ever shall be. And we stand on that. That, that is the one thing we stand on, his promises, his word. What else do we stand on? You know, it's it's his promise. Of course, it's the Holy Spirit within us that says, yes, you know, trust in me, trust in my promises, trust in my word. And we think most of this, you know, most of this book of his promises, the, the, the Old Testament, if you like, it's talking about all the promises to the family of Abraham. And we, we see that in, in Romans, it says, you know, has God forsaken his his family? Not at all. It says, you know, they've been they've not been able to see the Messiah for a time, but there will be a time when they will suddenly see him. They will they will be restored. All Israel will be saved. Indeed, Amen. we do not yes. replace. If if yes. God forsook those promises, suddenly one day he decided, nah, I'm done with those. I'm starting with someone else. Could he do? Could he not do the same with us one day? Yes. And and in fact, even Paul says that. You know, if you if you think that, what about your your, your own salvation mm. and the promise keeper that you stand on? Of course, yes. he's not. Um, sorry, I said, don't get me going yes. on this. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's, and we see, in fact, coming in these in Revelation. It's referred to in Daniel. You know, the salvation of Israel. Um, and the restoration of Israel. And, and interestingly, I would say this is the book of Revelation. We're talking about the end times and one of the greatest end time signs that you and I are now living in is that the land and the people of Israel has been restored in the modern day. The people of Israel that have been scattered all around the world are right now today being brought back 
and and have been in the last you know uh, 70 years to the land just as he promised he would he says i will call you all back to the land and i will mm. i will breathe my life into the dead bones and you will live and you will recognize me and you will know me and i will love you forever and, and we're seeing that mm. happening today yes. so uh, wow. yeah this is all end yes. time stuff and the greatest end time sign and by the way, we are hoping to go as as a church to Israel to that'll be in 2023 to actually see these things happening with our own eyes and experience it in the land. If I could recommend to you to to come to think about it, to save and prepare, there's nothing like it when you go to that land um, in the spirit with spirit filled people and engage and encounter God in what he's doing. And so um, it's well worth it. You know, you've got a year to prepare. And uh, I, I know, you know, I was um, really hugely impacted. So anyway, wow, yeah, amazing. like yeah. you say, yeah, Heckin, these, this imagery is, is showing that faithfulness of God, isn't it? Yes, yeah. absolutely. And and, that's, and it's reflected in, in this uh, song that um, these living, these four living creatures, you know, uh, what they're singing they're saying holy 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 you know lord god almighty who was and is and is to come you know, the holiness of god this the separation of god from that creation in the sense of his faithfulness you know and, and they they reiterate that three times they say holy 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 you know he's not like anyone else he isn't like any other man who you know who would yes. say one thing today and then you know 10 years later decide yes. oh i'm not doing that anymore yes. i can't follow through and that no he's holy, holy you know every holy, single one holy. of his promises are true they're yes and they are yes. amen and they declare that he's the lord god almighty you know he rules over all creation you know he's the he is the all-powerful one the all-knowing one the all-seeing one and they said who was and is and is to come he's, he doesn't change you know that what he said whether it was two thousand years ago six thousand years ago, he doesn't change he doesn't change his mind over the course of time he doesn't let us you know our, the way that we react to him the way that we relate to him he doesn't let that change you know his nature he remains who he is you know god always remains who he is and i believe that's one of the reasons why these living creatures you know that they, they have they're in his presence and they they've uh, i don't know if they were at what point in you know in history they were created you know but they have been in his presence for such a long time and seen who he is you know they've seen yes. who this god is and that's mm -hmm. why they just worship him all the time regardless of what is going on on, on in the earth they are always constantly worshiping him so because they, I, yes. I think for them, even for them being in his presence, they just cannot get their, uh, you know, you know, I don't know what, I, I don't know how I can describe their intelligent beings, obviously, but how they, they can't understand how great and awesome, how kind he is to us, how, how faithful he is to mankind, you know, so yes. they, all they can just do is almost as though the only thing they can do in response the to seeing, they're actually, because they're witnessing the things that God does, they witness what Jesus Christ did for us as well, you know, the son of God himself coming down, you know, being, you know, be, being born, um, you know, in, in such a humble and a very basic, um, you know, surroundings and, and the way that he lived his life. And they, they I mean, I, I just can't, they, they probably just couldn't understand what God was doing? Why was He doing this? And the only way they could respond to His goodness, I can see, is just to worship Him all the time, just to worship Him and worship Him and worship Him and just continually worship Him because they're just so overwhelmed, as it were, by the goodness yes. of God and yeah. and His faithfulness, you know, and His kindness, His gentleness, and His yes. love yes. That He has for His creation. Yes, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, these, as you said, 
who are covered in eyes, representing the all, all knowing. You know, all they can do is say, "Holy, holy, holy." I, I read it literally. You know, in in the Old Testament, the Hebrew, it might say, "More holy than the holiest holiness." Holy, holy, mm-hmm. holy. Um, yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. This. So we have this picture of worship uh, in heaven. And then we move into uh, we move into chapter five. In in a sense, it's it's connected. Uh, still, you know, so you you could almost remove that um, that chapter marker. Of course, these aren't inspired. These markers um, on the verse numbers, but uh, uh, they they were put there sometime in in history of the Bible by uh, people. It says, "Then I saw." I will read out chapter five in a second. Um, but we're still in the same place, the same, the same um, vision, the same heavenly throne room, if you like. As, and mm. now we're moving into something else that is seen in this throne room in the the, the area. Um, but what, as I was reading the, or li- listening to the commentator that I was listening to, one of the changes that we see is, if you like, from the in chapter four, we see this perfection of holiness and, and, you know, the holy, holy, holiness of God and the angelic beings and the worship and the, the white throne, the white robes of the saints, the, the crowns of glory. But now we're, we're kind of as we move into five, there's a problem, should we say. And we're going to say there's a scroll and, and there's nobody worthy to open the scroll. Oh, no. So so we're kind of mm. moving into, you know, the problem of the fallenness of man and, and the earth. And, and what's this scroll about? Um, let me just read through it and then we're going to just start to to comment on it. Um, um, I'll just read through Revelation 5. Um for, for a couple of minutes. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside it. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and the seven seals. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing in the centre of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which were the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. He came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased them for God, men for God, sorry, from every tribe and language and people and nation. 
You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven, on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing to him that sits on the throne and the Lamb, be praise and honour and glory and power for ever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshipped. Interestingly, um, this morning at Bright City Central, we were singing uh, who is worthy to open the scroll you know, and, 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 and open the seals. We were singing that song for the first time. And here we are. We're in that very scripture. Uh, he is worthy. We sang together. We've got this picture here in five. Um, of, of the saints as well coming coming into um, I mean we've got the picture of you know the lamb uh, moving in then to the saints purchased it says you were slain the lamb of God was you were slain with your blood you purchased men that's us for him from every tribe language people and nation and we have been made kings and priests to serve our God and we'll reign on the earth forever. And it talks about, you know, the, the tens of thousands upon thousands, worshipping of angels mm. and every creature in heaven, earth, under the earth, the sea and all that is in them are worshipping the Lord. We talked, didn't we, about every creature, every every animal, everything, you know, even mm. in on the earth and under the earth. What is that? The crawling creatures and, and <laughs> on the sea, all the creatures, yeah. you know, worshipping the Lord. So this picture of of you know the worship of every every part of creation and the saints purchased by God ruling and reigning with God and serving him when, and will reign on the earth this is your future saints this is our future this is the picture of what is to come and there's no buts but i want to say that here is a scroll with some seals on it and there's something here. There's a process that has been talked about, you know, through the millennia of all the scripture, the Old Testament, that there will be a day. There will be a day and a reckoning and a dealing from God coming in the end. You know, it says, right now is the time. Now is the day that I will come and I will bring I will bring that full redemption to my people which is the wonderful thing. That's for you and I, this, this <clears throat> you know, coming on and ruling and reigning with him in this kingdom. But I will also bring a dealing with, with all those, the, the rebellion, the rebellious ones and those who have rejected me and rebelled. There is a coming judgment. This is what's within the scroll. This is what mm. will be revealed with the seals as they're taken here is the revealing of the rest of Revelation as the scroll, the seals are taken off one by one. And we'll see they represent, you know, a coming of 
of, of, of judgment on the earth. And, and there'll be for a time even when, uh, as this sh great shaking that is so awesome, you know, and it's, it's very, very frightening, really. Uh, and, and it's so awesome that even hoping, it says in the scripture that men would turn to him, men would repent, you know, through this shaking. Even in this great tribulation and shaking that is coming, as well as the judgment and the wrath, fight wrath coming to, to eternal damnation. Uh, it's got to be said, you know, it's, there's an eternal wrath that, that will be meted out on those who, who continually reject the, the God of, of love, the God of grace, the God who has revealed himself. It's, it's so important that sometimes we, we, we just have to reiterate the, these truths because um, unfortunately some, some of them are being eroded from yeah. you know from the church and um you know so certain certain books even certain words are not even being used anymore they're just trying to you know they're just trying to phase them out we don't want to talk about sin anymore we don't want to talk about you know there there will be a, a reckoning at the end of the age and, yeah. and there won't be this kind of like um you know a smooth transition from this life to an after some sort of an afterlife which is very hazy and is very uncertain and no nobody really knows what's happening whereas you know the, the, the more that we look into the scriptures the more we spend time reading them and studying them we can see that god is making things very very clear to those who are aligned to his purposes those who are you know putting their faith and their trust in him what is going to happen at the end it's very very clear so that the more that we spend time looking at this. I think it's the better, the more that we spend time looking at this and, and to challenge people and to encourage people, you know, go into the word yourself, read it yourself so that yes. you can be certain that those things that you, the, not the, sorry, not the things you're, but the one who you believe in, you know, the one that you put your trust in and his name is Jesus Christ, that there is no other like him. You know, that, and that's the one of the reasons why when we begin to look at this chapter and, uh, you know, as, as we've been saying, John is being shown the things that are going to happen at the end of the age, at the end of time. And there is no one, you know, it says in heaven and earth, but there was no one who was found to be worthy to uh, open those seals and, mm -hmm. to, and to read that scroll. There was only yes. one. And we will see that one and only person is Jesus Christ. And we just need to keep, keep on reiterating this so that our faith is anchored on him and on him alone, because he is the only one, even at the end of the age, even in heaven, to be found to be worthy, uh, to put our hope in for, the, for our redemption and, and for our restoration to our father. And for us also to be a, a part of, like you said, that when these, um, you know, one of the, the uh, commentaries I was reading was just saying that in, in those Roman times that um, a scroll that had seven seals on it was like a will. And that, um, you know, not, you, you, I mean, if you were not party to that will, you couldn't go and open it. You know, you had to have a right to, to that will to open that will. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it was talking about that this is obviously this is a different type of will. This is what is what is the will of the father for the end of times? You know, mm -hmm. is he just yeah. going to allow, you know, mankind just to continue to ruin all the, all the things that he has set in place for us? Is he going to just continue to allow us to do mankind who uh, have rejected the, the, uh, the Lord? Just to continue to live their lives and do whatever they want you know but at the end of the year there is there is a will of the father he's going to do something about it he isn't just going to to wait forever and not do anything and and this is what uh, as you said as these seals are being on um unfolded as they are being opened we're beginning to see what he, his will is what he's going to do at the end of the age yes, yes. so I, I think we need to play very careful attention as we, we go into this to see yes. what he is saying what god has shown john and what he's saying to us as well about uh, what is in this scroll. Yes, yes. 
There's something so holy about this scroll. There's something so holy about, you know, this this event, this transitioning, if you like. You know, there's there's the reckoning, there's the judgment, there's the, you know, right through scriptures, it talks of a day of the Lord. There's a day of the Lord. Right through the Old Testament, the prophets talk about the day of the Lord. We hear about, you know, the reverence of God, the fear of God. It's the beginning of wisdom. Without that reverence and that submission to him and that realizing that, you know, our lives are absolutely in his hand, our every breath. So so this it's why is this so such a holy scroll, a holy event, a holy revealing, as you were saying, you know, because it says who is worthy even to to look at it, not not only just to open it, but nobody to even worthy to look at it inside. It seems like, you know, it's such a, a holy moment, a holy transition, if you like. And and, they, and it says, you know, there, there was nobody, nobody was worthy. Um, then one of the elders said, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah mm. has triumphed. We know, of course, this is Jesus has triumphed. He's triumphed over sin. He's triumphed on the cross. He's triumphed over the forces of darkness and evil and and he is triumphed in in you know um he he was without sin he he completed the will of the father not my will but your will be done he said take this cup from me lord if only you could but no i choose to drink it not my will but your will i will be fully obedient even to death on the cross he was and he triumphed. And so he is raised up and given the name above every name. He is worthy. He is our God. So here's Jesus. Yeah. Looking as if he'd been slain. I saw the lamb. We've got the picture of the lamb of God. Again, you, as you mentioned, uh, Pastor Akin earlier, right from the beginning of scriptures, right from Abraham, where God provided the lamb. So that um, so that Isaac wasn't slain, but no, I will provide the lamb for the offering. And this was pointing ahead. We could go go even back to Genesis, to the very beginning of Genesis. Rather, there was a pointing. I will provide. I will. I will atone for your sin. I will cover your sin. I will deal with it and make a way. And here it is. And and when Jesus arrived, John the Baptist under the anointing of the spirit said behold the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world again this was a picture we go we think of you know the 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 redemption the freedom of all the the, the israelites coming out of egypt by the the blood of the lamb across the the lintel and here it is the finale the ultimate the lamb of god who was slain, looking as if had been slain, standing in mm. the centre of the throne, being worshipped. He alone was worthy and able to atone and pay for the sacrifices. So it says, because you were slain with your blood, you purchased men for God. So he's, he's purchased and saved us all to live with him forever. Those of, of us who have trusted in that work. and But also, you know, he's going to deal with rebellion he's going to deal with that and, and that is an awesome meaning awe inspiring and frightening process 
Jesus talked about the birth pangs, didn't he? They, they will be like birth pangs increasing. I mean, I don't know if who's given birth on here. <laughs> well, us gents haven't, <laughs> but I know Dee has. I know Angela has. And we can't imagine what that was like. But, um, you know, I know Anne has as well. And, and any ladies who, who may have gone through that. It is a time of great suffering, in fact. But instantly afterwards, the greatest joy. And this is a picture of the process, even that the saints will go through in the this process of the, the, the working out that we'll see in Revelation. Why do I say this and why do I stress? And, and Pastor Atkins kind of referred to it as well, because there is a false teaching that says today that, hey, no saints are going to go through, you know, this suffering. You'll be raptured. There'll be no discomfort for you. There'll be no suffering for you. And yet the, the, the Bible talks about this going through a tribulation uh, and, and, and persecution and, you know, some, some suffering. It says that we are to fellowship in, his, in the sufferings of Christ. Through that, our fellowshipping and our embracing of that as we stand for him, we, we follow him into his resurrection. You know, we know because we know now that, hey, we will be resurrected just like him. We will step into glory the other side. We have nothing to fear. It says, in, doesn't it, in Romans 8, neither death nor hell nor demons nor anything that, that can come at me will separate me from his love. And that's why. So, so yes, we do face these things. Right through history, the saints have faced the persecution and their stand against persecution, and and they've been martyred for it through throughout the the, the millennia, <clears throat> has been a huge, you know, testimony to the reality of God, hasn't it? And over to you, Pastor Akin, on this one. Yes, it's it's, it's just like a, again, we just reiterate. We we want to be. We need to be armed with the truth. You know, we don't, we don't want to, um, you know, be walking in deception. Uh, and to be holding on to these, uh, you know, false teachings just because it makes us feel better or it gives us a, a false sense of comfort. So again, it's, it's it's just so important that we just continue to, you know, to, to look in, into the scripture, into the truth, just as the Lord did. You know, He said, "Lord, not my." He said, "If it was," he even said, "You know, if it's possible, you know, to take this cup away." But He said, "Nevertheless, not my will, not my will, but Your will be done." And it's the same same with us. Like He said, if we want to experience that resurrection power, then we also will be we, we will fellowship in uh, His sufferings as well. And uh, this is the scripture. This is what the scripture tells us. And where we might have a, a sense of, um, you know, whatever it might be, forbid, forbidding or or fear or anything. That, that's why God has given us the Holy Spirit you know, to comfort us, to empower us, and to give us the courage and the strength to hold on to the truth when, 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 when it is being challenged in our lives. Yeah. Thank you, Pastor Akin. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. And um, God bless you all. We're going to, like Pastor Akin says, we're going to see what the scripture says about these times. And I think it will be quite clear, but also very encouraging to us as we step into this time ourselves. And Angela, thank you. You've asked that question. What do you believe about purgatory? Good question. It's something that um, comes up in um I think in Catholic teaching in particular, you know, about this almost halfway house and that people can be prayed out of purgatory. 
Well, I don't see that in scripture anywhere. I don't see that we can pray even for the dead. There's no mention of that that I can see anywhere in scripture. So it's not as it, I think it seems to be from me quite clear that once you step through from this life into the next, that time of decision is gone. That time of moving either to, to be with the Lord or to be separated from him for eternity is there but mm. um any thoughts on that pastor akin would you agree with that yes the, the scripture in hebrews it, it does say that it is it's appointed to man to die once doesn't it and then to face the judgment so it doesn't it takes away any sort of like middle ground it says you know you die once and then it, after that it's the judgment that that's it that's so it takes away yeah um yeah you know that as it were yes that's good a good scripture to end on appointed for every one of us to die and then the judgment wow is interestingly is there is that judgment so let's let's receive the grace and the mercy from god through our faith in jesus christ that counts us blameless in his sight god bless you all and thanks we'll be picking up again on uh, revelation 5 next week thanks so much pastor akin i know you've had a busy day today it's been great to have you with us god bless you all thank you god bless you bye